Hi, I'm George. I'm Dan. I'm Rick. And, and we, we are Queer Magnolias, the podcast. Each episode, we're going to talk about what it was like growing up gay in the South. The trials and the tribulations. The joy and the struggle. And more importantly, how we became who we are today. Oh, honey, queer and fabulous. So come on in, y'all, and get comfortable, Shug. Kick off your shoes and sit a spell. And at the end of each episode, we're going to meet up out on the front porch for my favorite part of the podcast... Happy Hour! So join us for an all-you-can-eat buffet of cutting up, foolishness, and caring on. Always served with a heaping helping of sass. And that's a Queer Magnolia's Guarantee. As a youth, I often heard the phrases, man up, be a man, or don't be a sissy. It was mostly among the boys, or anytime one would play sports, or show a feat of strength. Show my feet. <laughs> okay. Oh no. As an adult, among some of the queer folk I know, I heard the terms too femme or masculine only or mask for mask, which I guess has a little bit of a different meaning nowadays. Right. With, the, with the COVIDs. <laughs> Lady Corona. I'm talking about toxic masculinity, an antiquated way of thinking, and most definitely a harsh reality that all genders and people often endure. Today, let's dissect what toxic masculinity means to us and how it's affected us and our loved ones. Let's try and take this beast down a notch. Peel back a few layers of this ugly onion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you say, Magnolias? Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's dive in. This. Well, first of all, I think we should probably start off with what the official definition of toxic masculinity <gasps> is. I don't know if anybody else did their research uh -huh. on the topic, but I, I haven't. <laughs> so you just tell us what the definition <laughs> is. So toxic masculinity is defined as cultural pressures for men to behave in a certain way. And it likely affects all boys and men in some kind of fashion. It refers to the notion that some people's idea of manliness perpetuates domination, homophobia, and aggression. It can take the form of bullying by their peers. It can also take the form of domestic violence or violent socialization of boys, psychological trauma, and it's often just blown off and disregarded as boys will be boys. And then it perpetuates itself into adulthood. Well, there you have the official definition, <laughs> just so That's we're clear, we're going to get right into it Well, now. and also I think that, you know, obviously it is, like you said, Jacob, it is such an onion because it's so many things wrapped up under this one hateful title. Mm -hmm. And I think um, before we really get started, I do want to acknowledge the fact that this topic came to us from um, a friend, a fan that Jacob and I know, who works at our favorite local breakfast food truck, Yay. Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Um, Hi, Jesse. We asked him, you know, what you know, what do you like? What do you like about the show? What would you like to hear us talk about? And he suggested this topic. And we were like, oh my god, that's so amazing. It's let's, perfect. Let's do this. We did a bullying episode before, and it fits right into that. It I does. Mean, bullying certainly is one of the ways that I assume everybody at this table was affected by. And this masculine toxicity, which goes along with it. But it, it is in so many different forms. I mean, I've, I can't remember the number of times I've heard somebody say, well, you know, boys don't cry. Of course. But if you always hold your emotions, how will you ever have any balance in your life? I mean, sometimes you need to cry about something. It doesn't matter what it is. 
You just need to let that emotion out. Well, Maybe. you do. I'm sorry. I was going to put, because the idea is you let it out with your fist. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. My uh, great aunt died when I was just before I turned seven and I cried. And one of the neighbors, it was a woman, said to me, oh, uh, boys don't cry. And I stopped crying. And it took a long time to really process the death of my great aunt. She was someone that I spent every day with. And, you know, I needed to grieve. I was really missing her. Toxicity comes in very different forms. But I do think, especially with us all being gay men and the fact that we experienced a lot of maleness in our life. So I'm so glad you said that because as I was thinking about this topic, for me growing up, I did not have a lot of men in my family, in my life that said to me, man up mm. or don't be such a girl because i feel like with me they were like it's a lost cause <laughs> and, and i know that's like a funny throwaway but i just kind of feel that's how they felt they were like okay it's just what's the point well and that could be a blessing but i that doesn't stop the women from Precisely. doing it like Precisely. all of mine that I, that I really think of that really affected me that i look back now it came from teachers it came from you know aunts it came from people that weren't your immediate family who thought that they were helping or controlling or controlling. But I also look back at it and I don't think a lot of it comes from a place of love. It does, I, th- I it think does, with that, it's, that comes it comes love. from a place of difference. We're like, and oh, fear. you're so different. We need to fix you. And fear, because I find that especially with male toxicity, what comes to mind so often is that male person wants to control and they want you to be fearful and they are fearful that someone else is going to make fun of them because of you. Well, I, and I think it probably also goes a little more to to the fact that at least in talking to some people from my past who growing up with were very aggressive and, and very toxic in a way. But in talking to them, it was always something like, if I think he because he's gay and that's cool, does that mean... I'm oh, sure, possibly course. gay and of, that, so by association. Was, exactly. So they were I, there was a, there was definitely a fear within that for sure. There is a fear with that and it's so frustrating because rather than look at anyone and say that person is different than I am, I should try to get to know that difference. That fear of oh I don't want to talk to that person because they're different. And, and that still happens today with lots of my family. They're like, I'm not leaving North Carolina. Well, I want to see what anybody else is doing. <laughs> and they like sort of living in that sort of bubble bubble yeah. that they're in. Yeah. So, Well, and Jake, you did bring up a good point because I see it so often also in the gay community. It's just not about straight people no. disliking gay people. It's in the gay community. No yep. fats, no femmes, no blacks, no Asians. I mean, it is come prevalent. on. If you want to say I'd prefer a blonde hair, blue eyed like gorgeous Dan, that me yes then that's one thing <laughs> but it, or if you say you know i prefer asians or i prefer uh, a person of color i prefer breathing i prefer just so we're clear <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those if you have a preference i can respect the preference but when you have an overt no to any of that that becomes a problem for me because you i will say that that person can never grow if they cannot get past themselves, they will never grow. Yeah, some people are lost causes. Mm-hmm. What's that comfort in sameness? Yes. Yes, exactly. It is. And I, I am the one who doesn't want the sameness. 
I'm the one who wants to get out. And I, I know everybody at this table, and I know it's the exact same way for all four of us. But I just like to get out. I want to know what someone else looks like and what they smell like and what food do they eat and where do they worship and where do they go to the beach and well, what do they smell them? like? <laughs> we just, we... Well, I was thinking about food, but after I said it, I was like, well, fuck that. <laughs> well, some of them smell good. I'm okay. not. Well, we. Okay. Well, we'll, let's do just... a whole, we'll do a whole back porch episode on that. <laughs> on, on smell. I see yes. this train of thought leading the table. Right. Uh-huh. But, but, on the front porch. Uh-huh. Especially the masculine they get, their well, sense seems well, I quote unquote so. masculine. I do think, though, you, you have a solid point, and it's very interesting to really think about when you pull back a little bit and think about it every single community and every single area has its own specific brand of toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. yes you know and for us we grew up in the south and it's a different kind of uh, it's ours yeah it's it's different though than it would be for someone who grew up in france or someone who grew up hell even in probably los angeles as well so or for um, women you know think about how often chauvinism and you know women look like pieces of meat so that's that's because that's the whole toxic masculinity aspect. Exactly. Of it. it was all about in high school it was all about getting a piece, right? Yeah. In college yeah. it was always about getting a piece. So it's piece, the hookup. Piece yeah. of what? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my college experience. <laughs> Mine either, but okay, Rick. Uh, not mine either, but, <laughs> well, I was, it, but I had friends who that was their that was their goal and their mission. That's what yeah, they live for. Yeah. Well, I have friends. I who have do s- that now. I've seen so many women in the work environment in the years I've worked who are referred to as a piece. Yeah, you know, as Missy sad. or uh, excuse me, girl, can you get yeah. this? And Honey, that yeah, sugar those tip. type of things that just constantly perpetuated fortunately the longer i live i'm seeing less and less of it and i'm so thankful for that but i can tell you that when i first started my career some of the things i saw would shock today's world because it's like holy shit you have no respect for a woman whatsoever Mm -hmm. so at least we've come some some way forward some way hi well you know a lot of conservatives would say oh you know look at those bleeding heart liberals always pushing the cause but truly having respect for another human being is a really damn good cause to push hell yeah and i'm happy to be a liberal Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'll bleed all over the place right exactly so george you look like you have something in your mind darling well i was thinking about because jacob you said you brought up like when you when you talk to people and you're like you say honey or sweetie or and what's tough for me is because i do that a lot with people but I feel like with women, like when I, if I'm like, sweetie, can I do like, like a waitress, you know? And it's like, but you have to come up, like I make sure that I come off exceptionally gay so that there's no, like, <laughs> I don't think there's any issue with well, that, and, but sweetie. <laughs> I don't, I also don't, but then I'm like, like, I really feel like I have to push it up because I don't want it to be offensive, like some yeah. kind of male chauvinistic right. bullshit. And you never know what that person dealt with that in some other scenario. You never right, do. Really. You don't know someone's history for exactly. sure. I, I'm the same way. In my industry, it's quite common to touch and to hug and to say, oh, hi, uh, hi, honey, hi, kitten, hi, love, you know, and, and I do that with my friends so much that, and especially in the past year and a half and not really being around people that you work with, I found reintegrating back in with work people that I have to be very mindful of what I say and when I say it and how I react around people, you know, because my instinct is to, if I see someone I haven't seen in a very long time, give them a hug and... That's not always appropriate. Exactly. And I think it's important 
for everybody, whether you're the hugger or the huggy or the person who doesn't want to be hugged. It's important for all of us to set our boundaries. Mm -hmm. I am a hugger uh, and often a kisser. And it is just <laughs> part of my, it's part of my personality. She walks around with a she tie on. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's Southern. It's in her heritage. <laughs> it is the way I is. You, you know, just don't just, come at me with an open mouth. <laughs> that ain't what they all say, well. just so we're clear. Well, a little bit different in the way that you structure that sentence. Well, <laughs> true. But I do think it's, it's also important because now I do have friends, uh, both gay and straight, who don't like to be touched or hugged ever. And I know who they are, and I respect their boundaries. If you are a person who doesn't like to be hugged at all, and you never tell anyone, then people are probably going to hug you by accident. But I think it, you know, is part of what we learn to say. Along with toxicity, we also have a responsibility to call out a toxic bitch. If you come at me with toxicity, I'm sadly probably going to meet you with some toxicity mm -hmm. to begin with yeah. until I calm down. And then I'm going to tell you I don't accept that in my life. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Well, that's what it does. It pushes it pushes your buttons. It's, it's, like, it's like a form of bullying a lot of times. Uh, maybe not always. Sometimes, you, you know, you never know if you're being toxic and your, your, your intentions are maybe aren't, you know, terrible, but you're just trying to teach somebody and that's the only way you know, especially maybe fathers or, you know, it, you know, male leadership roles. No, I agree a hundred percent with that because I think that it doesn't always come from a place of ill will. I think that a lot of times when you have a father figure or you're like a grandfather or whoever, someone in your family that's trying to teach you how to be a man, quote unquote, it's coming from what they learned. Yeah. It's how right. they were raised. And it certainly doesn't come from a place of ill will. Like it's, it's trying to help be it ever so misinformed. I do agree with you because let's say that you're learning to hammer a nail, um, learning to hold the nail and hammer it wasn't natural for me. No. My dad, bless him, he actually had some patience. After the second time, he did it himself, but he tried. But it was one of those things. Sadly, I got the feeling that he wasn't happy with me. It took quite a while to learn to nail. But doing her nails, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a different story, honey. Then, then I'm like, oh, look, mommy, aren't these pretty? <laughs> She took to that right away. <laughs> so, Dan, I do, can we talk about your dad for a moment? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like your father was not like this. I feel like your not. father was much, I was use the word softer. Like, he was more in touch with his emotion. He was, yes. He understood where he had been and where he had come. So he was actually, Daddy never said, man up, don't cry, none of that stuff. That I was so fortunate in that regard. I saw it from other people's parents, though. I, I, there were neighbors whose father I wouldn't want to be around because he was always rough and gruff and mm -hmm. never had a kind or sensitive word for any of his children. Right. So I, of course, didn't want to be around them because I could feel it. I've always been a little... You know, uh, sensitive, sensitive, sensitive and gentle. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was fortunate with my dad. And yeah. so, was your father looked at by the other members of the family as a black sheep for that? No, which was yet another blessing because in in preparing for this, one of the things that I thought about a lot was that my dad was a lot more gentle, and he wasn't always patient, but he was he was gentle and he was kind. And for that reason, 
all of my dad's family treated me the exact same way he treated me. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Great. Which it really is good because now he had some, like my Uncle Carl was not really a nice person. He was a bully, and uh, but he knew damn well to not bully me because he'd have to deal with Daddy, <laughs> who was a gentle soul, but yet had brought Carl to his knees with a two-by-four when they were children. So uh, he <laughs> he realized that if you push Daddy too far, it was, it was not going to be pretty. Well, as you guys know, my father wasn't around for most of my preaching and especially my teenage years. So the only male role models that I had actually came from other members of the family, like cousins and uncles. And unfortunately, all of those relatives have gone to prison for one reason or another. And prison is a whole other sort of side of adding to that toxic masculinity. Yeah. I know you want to make a do- joke, Danny. I, I, do, I do. I, you know, there go. now I know why you like those prison movies. Well. <laughs> and I just want to say, this is the side of Mayberry you don't see on Andy Roth. <laughs> <laughs> but there was more than Otis in jail. <laughs> yeah, Otis in jail, the dark side. <laughs> what happens after lights out? Right. I will say, not that I'm particularly proud of it, but they were, you know, they went to jail for violent crimes. Some of That's them involving good. guns and robbery and and they're they're quite proud of that fact. And my brother and I growing up, I think we were both sort of pacifists in a way. We, I think as a result of that, sort of became the outcast from the family. So it was different for me in that, you know, they didn't bother hiding that around us. They just who were who they were. We just, especially me, I mean, I was so different in so many different ways I didn't know at the time, but I just kind of, I, I wouldn't say I was the black sheep of the family, but I was definitely the pink sheep. <laughs> oh, I like so. that. I like that. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> she's fuzzy. <laughs> so Easter, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Stick an apple in her mouth and put her in the oven. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, you know, the second of three boys, um, so there was lots of testosterone in the household. And after my parents split, my mom, the man that she ended up n- not marrying but getting together with, also had a son. So there was four, four. <laughs> boys. Us. And well, five, including him. (laughs) So, you know, it was a household full of guys and I was definitely the more sensitive one for certain. Um, and I just remember, you know, being picked on for it. I used to shake my hands like this, hold my hands. I would get slapped. Wow. Yeah. I would get slapped and by your brothers. By Mom, people that people that, by no 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 right. it was it was the younger people for right. sure it's not never the parents that did that my thankfully my parents never put me through that but lovely. I just, you know, remember stop being faggot, stop being gay, and that's gay. And growing up, even among friends, that was like it was a joke, you know. Oh, don't be gay, and I would I would go along with it until you know I started questioning myself and I started questioning my, you know, everything about me. And then I was realizing, well, is what what does that mean? Don't be gay. Is that mean that being gay is bad? Because right, it's how you process it. It's, it's how you process yeah. it. And are you even thinking about what you're saying? Or are you just saying it? Well, and I think, you know, we did a, an episode on TV and movies and gay characters, and we have to look at we're in 2021 now. And so let's say at least for the last 25 years, there have been gay characters on television where, for my growing up, there were no gay characters. There were, but they sort of were the butt of the joke. They weren't gay. They were they had feminine qualities, Gomer Pyle, but these were people that we laughed at. Yeah. 
So when you hear, well, they were like, stereotypes too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were written yeah. a certain way to perform and behave a certain way. Precisely. And, you know, it, it wasn't indicative of anything positive, at least mm. in my experience looking back. But it's interesting. You're you're obviously younger than the all of us here at the table. It's interesting that the word for you was don't be gay, mm -hmm. because I think for us it was either don't be a queer or don't be a faggot. And I did want to sort of bring this up about the title of the podcast, Queer Magnolias. I know we've never really talked about it, but it's interesting in season one, we had someone on social. Hi, Donna, uh, <laughs> who uh, had made a comment and it was a very important comment about how she feels the word queer is derogatory you know and she's of our age she's as well queer, right. uh, yeah and so for her it's always been a derogatory word i want to take just a second to sort of talk about taking back that power because that was one of the things about naming this the way that we did it was very important to take back that power from the word queer because for us growing up with that word was always whenever you heard it i don't know about you but i would just cringe inside i'm like i i it was a negative it was a negative thing and a ne negative sort of connotation. And then being able to sort of take it back now and say, this is who we are. And we proudly say that is super important, yeah. you know, and uh, I don't know. I just segued from that. Sorry. Absolutely. I don't, made well, that connect. But anyway, well, it's, it's important to know that this, I mean, we have come, at least I, th I like to think this way. We've come f somewhat in a, a positive direction because now we're in a, we're in a place in a time where generations ahead they don't even th necessarily think that way any longer. Like, it's not like, oh, queer or non-binary. Being or, gay or fluid or whatever fluid, is so fluid, natural yep, now. Exactly. The fluidity is way more natural and more open. And even when right. I was, when I came out, you know, which, uh, that was one of the reasons why I struggled so much. Because how did I know what I identified as? But I had to. I had to identify as something because even within the community, I was like, oh, you have to be able to put yourself in this place so that you know who you are. Like, well... That, that I feel like is a form of, maybe not toxic masculinity, but it is a form of bullying in that sense and pushing you into identification. And we're in a place now where we can, you can identify however you like, however you like. or not identify, or not identify. I think it's important to know too, that that is true in certain places. Like that's well, not obviously right. throughout the country. I you're mean, right. North Carolina right we now. We live in LA. We live in LA, which is oh, a blessing. Oh, for then. North Carolina right now, like the TSA of the RDU airport, is as under a lawsuit because they tried to do a strip search on a transgender teenager. Yeah. It just boggles my mind. I, 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 yeah, I don't have so, any. I, it just so boggles my mind. I hardly have anything to say. I, it's just so fucking annoying. Yeah, I mean, where we all come from, or where the three of us, three of the four of us, come from, it's not that different. Still, no, it's not. It's it really isn't. It's uh, the bathroom uh, issue is going to just constantly come back up in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, they try to where they couldn't get it through the state. They try to get it through the county or the city. Yeah. And it's just so aggravating. It, and, and they share a bathroom at home. What the fuck is a big yeah. deal? Precise. Goddamn, nobody's starting on a bathroom. We should do an episode on bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> bathroom sex. Um, <laughs> you always have to take it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oopsie. So I want to circle back around to something you said earlier, Dan, when you were talking about hugging and how if someone who doesn't want to be hugged doesn't say they want, they don't want to be hugged, they're, might get, they're probably going to be hugged. I think we need to come from a place more of informed trauma. I don't think we need to say, oh, well, you didn't say you don't want a hug, so here's a hug. True. No, no. I think I did Joe not Biden that way. got in trouble for the same right. thing. Right. I mean, he? I, and I'm sure <laughs> you did, but I just no, want to say. You know what? You're, you're absolutely right. Because I, what you bring up is a very good point. Because if you have some kind of 
trauma in your life that you've been through. You have a harder time saying what you want or don't want. So I did not mean it to be insensitive. What I did, what I did mean, and this is sort of on the religious side is, or the spiritual side. So often in life, the things that we hate the most come to us often. And it's, it's a sad thing, but it's the way the universe works. So that was sort of where I was coming from it, but still. You're 100% right. Well, it's that thing like you go to somebody's house and they have a cat and you're the most allergic. You're the one the cat's going to climb all over. Uh, precisely. <laughs> precisely. Exactly. If it's a long-haired cat, it, that bitch comes straight to me every damn time. So so what is the solution then to just uh, – I, I typically like to ask – I'd love to give you a hug. Is that okay? I mean, I feel like that's – I, I, that, yeah. I think that's a very wise I, thing I to think do. so too. You shouldn't also – I mean, you should also be able to express yourself the of, way, of course. the way that you – Love. But especially in my work environment, it's about 50-50. When we run into people, we automatically, I mean, I work in the industry, right? And people, we're huggers. It's just, it it is what it is. But it's about 50-50. And so I have always kind of, I've learned over the past few years to sort of take a step back and Mm -hmm. watch how they approach me, especially if it's a female. You know, uh, even though I'm a gay man, they don't always know that going right in. So if somebody comes at me and their arms are open, then I'm like, oh, okay, now we're going to, we're going to do that. So, that's how I approach yeah. it. This? I like to hug. We're doing this. <laughs> we're doing this. And, and, and I've done no, that. And people, do people have now. said, "No, I'm like, oh, gotcha. You. you got it. Awesome." Yeah. Well, I have cool. one. I have one client that I've worked with for 18 years, and he does not like to be touched by anyone ever. And I know that about him. His uh, ex business partner was the exact opposite. He's a hugger. So it's you run into people like that, especially when it comes to business. I try to just remember this is a place of business first and foremost. Sure, it's a love fest sure. second. So, right. I think we've gone a little far off the toxic message. Yeah. Well, train. but you know, I mean, it, 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 I, there's layers. There's yeah. so yeah. many layers. And, that, and I so, yeah. Yeah, 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 and I don't know that it's so far off because I feel like yeah, it's right. still sure. trying to enforce enforce on someone what you think is a norm. Yeah, and I will say that talking about work and long ago, I I have witnessed many many times where um, a male in an authority figure role has used that role to touch. Yeah. To hug, oh, sure. to mm-hmm. kiss, oh, for sure. yeah. to ask a woman out on a date. I have seen some things that well, I look back and just say, well, I know I saw Lincoln being shot. Okay, we've already discussed <laughs> <laughs> A lot of shit has gone on since that <laughs> was night. not even what I was going to say, but since you brought it up. Well. How are you getting along after that? <laughs> dirt, honey. I'm old as dirt, girl. <laughs> well, I actually do have a story, actually, from high school that I did want to tell that sort of talks about one of those first early experiences uh, with toxic masculinity. And it was about this guy who had moved to North Carolina from New Jersey. And he was brand new into the area. And he, I guess he had an aunt and uncle or somebody that had just moved there. So uh, he came to his, uh, high school. And I immediately became friends with him. And I think it was because nobody else really liked him because of the, the accent. Yeah, and culture that, shock, the Yankee. Well, <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and so I was like, well, this kind of works for me. But it was also sort of very aggressive and just very like macho and all that stuff. And I realize now. Zing went the strings of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I realize now what was probably going on. Cupid. But anyway. So anyway, this one afternoon, we were in art class and we're all separated into groups. And he had gotten into an argument with another 
guy that was in the group with us. And the art teacher came and separated them and broke it up. And then after class, they did that typical thing in the hall, like, well, if you want to finish this, there's a basketball game tonight. You be here for that. And we're going to, you know, whatever we do. Duke it out. And uh, yeah. And normally I would have gone to the basketball game, but that particular night I had a shit ton of homework. I remember very specifically saying, God, I'm so mad that I can't go, but I have to get this done. So I stayed home and did it. Next morning, turns out they met up, they got into their fight, and this guy, Glenn, beat this other kid so badly that he actually created severe brain damage. This kid didn't come back to school. He had to go to special school. Glenn, our friend from New Jersey. Glenn is the friend from New Jersey who was immediately expelled and sent back to New Jersey. But I, I was just, I was like, wow, that to me was sort of evident of someone who had just taken that whole attitude way too far and i'd heard i don't know if it's true but i'd heard he'd later become a cop <laughs> makes sense. well that's a good channeling of your <laughs> violent tendencies i don't know if that's true because he was actually charged and and i'm pretty sure he was convicted of it so i mean would he be able to become a cop after that i don't know but i i haven't looked him up so i don't know but <laughs> sure, sure. well i haven't been able to find him yet put it that way uh, <laughs> Hey, Glenn, if you're listening, Rick's digits are. <laughs> but just a side note, actually, because we were friends and we were talking earlier about being guilty by association for uh, something, a completely different topic. But because we were friends, the rumor had quickly gotten out that I was there in the fight as well and participated in, in hurting this guy. Luckily, I had stayed at home that night. I think if I'd gone to the game, I probably wouldn't have been able to have gotten out of that. Who knows where to have gone? But I had stayed home that, that night. That is not the rumor I thought you were going to say was starting to spread. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rumor I'm telling. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's his version of it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we have many sleepovers. And? and that's, <laughs> that's all you're getting today. That's all we get. That's a whole other podcast. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair right. enough. On that note, I actually do have a cute little story from someone who is one of the people I work with at the studio. We went out to lunch one day, and he was telling me that his son, who is 13 years old, had just come out to him as gay. And so I was telling him about our podcast, and he was like, I would love for him to listen to your podcast. And I was like, what? I, I thought that would be amazing. I was like, that's fine. You need to know it's probably not safe for work or 13-year-old ears. But if, you know, again, I think what's important here is that when we started this, I had always thought and said, if we can be one positive role model to somebody, even just one person, I feel like it's all been worth it. I feel like you far. should send him an edited list of selections. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should go in and edit the episodes and then say, you know what? (laughs) All four of us sitting at this table realize that he'll hear it on a podcast or in the library or on a school bus. 13 year olds are not what 13 year olds used to be. No way. (laughs) We might all ask him. (laughs) (laughs) You want to come on the show and tell us? No, but I I, I was very upfront. I was like, look, there's some salty language and some scenarios that, you know, probably wouldn't be appropriate for most people's 13. Year olds, I will leave that up to you. You yeah. can decide if you want to show him the po- Maybe you listen to it first and then you can decide. Yeah. And that's what, probably what he's going to do. But I just thought it was really great that he wanted to actually take this podcast and use it as sort of a role model for his kid. I, I thought it was how nice supportive that was. Too. Well, and that really shows how far masculinity has come. Yep. Yes. For true. certain people. For that's certain right. people. That's of right. Of course. And we can't apply it as a blanket. No, we can't. No, I wish no. we could. I wish we could. A rainbow blanket, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. It is nice that he shared this with you as well, because it could be very easy not to share that, to say that 
you know, his 13 year old son has come out and then just not tell anyone. Yeah. I mean, as much as I loved my mom and dad and I did, they never told a soul once I came out to them. Neither did mine. Person. Well, I think my oh, yeah. mom might have told her longtime boyfriend one day after he'd said something rude. Not about me, but Just about someone else. Someone else, I and see. she put the brakes on that, and she told him right quick, like, that word will never be used again. So for that, I'm very proud. But, I mean, they didn't share. So your yeah. friend, God blessing for sharing. Yeah, that, yeah, that is amazing. That's awesome. That's super cool. I mean, yeah, to, to be proud of your yes, gay son. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, yes. that's the thing. It's like, what does it matter what they identify as? What about the love? That's you know, right. that's where a lot of it is lo- is lost in that toxic masculinity. The love is lost. Yeah. You, for, you know, I feel like that's a huge part of it. I agree. And I don't know. And, you know, as we say that, like, I have to wonder if you have to say, oh, I'm proud of my gay son. Why do you have to qualify it with the word gay? Well, I'm just yeah, proud of my son. Just proud of your son. Or whatever they identify as. I agree with you on that, but I, I still am going to champion that parent that says I'm no, I a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I, I, agree. I, I, I mean, totally agree. Doesn't with what need you're the saying. qualifier, but it also in a world where we need more visibility, and especially from parents like that, maybe we do need the qualifier. Maybe we do right now. Yes. Yeah. Until until we don't. Until we don't. Amen. So. I don't know about y'all, but all this toxicity has made me thirsty. Just saying, this <laughs> well, toxic- just made you think about your liver. It's toxic as hell. <laughs> well, all right, I'm a, I'm gonna get some home remedy to help with <laughs> that liver right. business. <laughs> <laughs> this, toxic masculinity leaves That's a bad right. taste in your mouth. So mm-hmm. we toxic should remedy liver, that. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Toxic <laughs> liver. <laughs> all right, let's move on outside. Drink except Rick. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all outside. See you in a minute. Welcome to the front porch, y'all. <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> you are so ridiculous, Rick. <laughs> what is this? Oh, my God. Well, is I this thought, what I think it is? Yes. Oh, I thought, Lord. I thought we'd do something a little whimsical and silly today, so we're going to have jello shots. <laughs> this one is a new creation, and it's called an electric cherry oh i like Ooh. it so far and they're so made in the it. itty bitty collection of glasses <laughs> from crate and barrel oh is because, that what this is yeah because we're not gonna fuck with the plastic today I let's go were, for it i thought they were mm. motives i wonder this how this sounds on the other end <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> was that asmr <laughs> thank you that's what i was like Mm. Are there oh. raisins in this? What is that texture? What no, is that? Ew. Is... Shut up with you when you're already on your second one. Look at you. Ooh, I couldn't possibly have three. It is um, tart cherries oh. soaked in effing black cherry vodka. I thought you were going to say ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ethel. These are delicious, Dan. Thank you, honey. There's... There will be a whole line of them. So I need a spoon, mm-hmm. girl. Well, get a spoon, Shug. My tongue's talented. I got mm-hmm. to the bottom of the glass rather quickly. That was an advertisement, not for Crate and Barrel, but for Dan. I got nothing to say. Well, I'm going to be in the corner with my jello shot. <laughs> See y'all in a little while. Darn, these are good. So what are we talking about today, Jake? 
Well, how about we resort to this fabulous book over here that's open, George has here. So, last night, Jake and I went to a friend's house for dinner, and they have a big a collection of cookbooks, and I was looking through them because I'm nosy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I have got to borrow this book. And they're like, no, you can totally have it. And it's called White Trash Gatherings. Oh, I love oh, it. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. From scratch home cooking to down home entertainment. So, hell. What are we making today? Jello shots. <laughs> well, See? I, I guarantee you there's probably a recipe for jello shots in mm-hmm. here. Um, one of my favorites that I found so far is Miss Cindy's White Trash Sushi. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I don't oh, no. even want to It's made with goldfish. Oh, Lord. It? Oh, Lord. Have it is made with white bread, cream cheese, and dill pickles. <laughs> oh, kind of in, though. <laughs> So you spread the white bread with cream cheese, and then you roll it around a dill pickle. Oh, my God. So the thing about this is this is the only sushi Rick might eat. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think no if fish. I showed up to a Beverly Hills uh, affair with uh, white trash sushi? What's it, it it's definitely, it's yes, white Miss trash. Sandy's. It's definitely not on the menu at Nobu. Oh. <laughs> no boo. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um. The Dieter's Delight is also a favorite. Oh, I need that. What's in that? Well, as they like to say, um, country folk are not known for living the light and healthy lifestyle. But it's important to note that this Dieter's Delight contains no fat back, no butter, no bacon. <laughs> I'm not. No, no grease and no lard. I'm not coming to that dinner. <laughs> no, what's in it? Uh, cottage cheese, crushed pineapple from a can, orange jello. Orange jello. Right. Walnuts and... Uh, Cool Whip. This is a Yankee salad. <laughs> that's, it. that's the stuff you get in Boston right there. I had it. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. <laughs> cool Whip is so featured in so many Southern dishes. Salad. Southern salad. Well, it's easy. It's well, you just pop the top and scoop it out. Of course, there's a wet recipe for funeral cake. and well, uh, that's important. <laughs> well, you, you know it's a big sheet cake. It has to be. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to feed all those hungry people? And well, you do. Because, you know, grieving makes you hungry. Well, it does. And most Southerners seem to go to a funeral starving. Because the purpose. minute there's some food put out on the table, they graze. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> like animals. <laughs> For hours. <laughs> food in the trough. <laughs> but you put your name on the bottom of that dish uh-huh. if you're Southern, huh? uh-huh. so you know to That's get right. that dish back. That's right. A little piece of masking tape, put mm-hmm. your name on there. I mean, if you're really in the mood for grazing, you could try Big Butt Bee's White Trash Nachos, which are Ritz crackers, cheddar cheese, <laughs> crumbled bacon, and jalapenos. <laughs> Ritz crackers. Yep. I'm so, just okay. So I need to know I, how this is prepared. Well, <laughs> so I love Ritz crackers, and and just so we're clear, Ritz crackers is very gay supportive. So I love Ritz crackers. However, Ritz crackers is not a nacho. It just no. Those are high class crackers. Well, <laughs> this is for peanut butter. Well, Rick, if you really want to know, you, you take a casserole dish and you fill it up with rich Ritz crackers. You put cheddar cheese on top and then you sprinkle that with bacon crumble and jalapenos and you bake it at 400 degrees for 20 minutes. I'm it's totally, a casserole. It's a casserole and I'm totally doing it tonight. <laughs> well, do you crumble up the Ritz crackers or do you No, leave no, them no. Whole? You want to be able to, like a nacho chip, oh. you want the whole cracker. Oh, interesting. Yes. I would have crumbled those. I totally <laughs> would have crumbled Oh, then you would, yeah, then you would have to scoop it out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, pie, exactly. Pie crust. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. What else we got? 
Beanie Weenies? You got some Beanie Weenies I'm sure. I didn't mark that because I just kind of marked the ones that had like the most ridiculous names. Um, (laughs) There are some nice color photos in here. Oh, we're going (laughs) to totally post some of those. (laughs) We totally And give credit. Yeah, of course. Um, Strawberry banana congealed pretzel salad. Oh, no. No, man. (laughs) I'm sure there's Jell-O involved. (laughs) Jell-O I like, obviously. I mean, you lost me at congealed. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that's congealed is just... Uh, The high-dollar mountain margarita. (laughs) Well, now you're talking my language. I had one of those this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Is it made with a a little bit of hooch out of the holler? Well, it's no, it's um, Jose Cuervo, because you know. That's hooch in the holler. (laughs) 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 Uh, frozen limeade. Yes, I like that. Lime juice. No margarita Mountain salt, ice cubes, oh. and uh, Grand Marnier. Oh, Grand Marnier. Which I feel like that's kind of that like a normal... Not, that's a, yeah, Sounds that's like a, a margarita. That's yeah. a cheap margarita at the airport right there. Right? <laughs> I thought there was going to be some Mountain Dew. I totally thought so, too. <laughs> well, I'm sure you, instead of Grand Marnier, you <laughs> float a little Mountain it's, Dew. It's the Grand Marnier that makes it the high dollar. <laughs> exactly. Oh. oh, well, here's one. Gator sweat. So this is... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. Gay or what? Gator. Oh, Gator. Gator. <laughs> Sounds like it's a... a pig gator. It's, right. it's interesting to note that all these recipes are kind of based out of West Virginia, so it's right. not quite our neck of the woods, but Where not the far toothbrush off. was invented. Say, you know why? No. Because otherwise they'd have called it the teeth brush. That can be cut out. ta boom Lord. Get off of me, Daddy. Yeah. You're mashing my Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the Gator Sweat? The Gator Sweat is Southern Comfort, pineapple juice, a lemon-lime soda, and uh, lemon wedges. Oh, okay, that's nasty. Personal. <laughs> that sounds Southern so Comfort. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, now, don't be disparaging Southern Comfort. Southern if I, Comfort if is If I can't worst. disparage things... <laughs> Well, you can always have the clean living Baptist punch, which Ooh. is strawberry Kool-Aid, orange juice, water, pineapple juice, sugar, ginger ale, and sherbet. And oh pass me God. my diabetic. Uh, <laughs> can, I get, can I get some insulin to go on the side? All that clean living. And a shot uh, of insulin. My feet are swelling thinking about it. <laughs> Well, I'm surprised there weren't weren't any uh, recipes with Razorback Hog. Well, there you know there is a whole section about killing and grilling. So, oh, all right. <laughs> is there anything on roadkill in there? Yeah, there is a squirrel recipe. Oh, I'm oh. not. I'm not surprised. Yep. My favorite chapter is called Hot Rolls and Sweaty Cooks. Well, <laughs> I might have been both of those occasionally. <laughs> so, thank you, Kendra Bailey Morris, for writing this book. Yeah. This is her second cookbook. The first oh. one's just called White Trash Cooking. Oh. <laughs> Oh, we have to get the first one in. We do, because the first one has a recipe for cooter pie. Do y'all know what cooter is? Um, (laughs) He was on Dukes of Hazzard. Um, I'm going to choose not to answer that. (laughs) Of course Rick knows. He's from Mayberry. (laughs) (laughs) That was Hazard, honey. (laughs) Yeah, but where he's from, there's plenty of cooter pie. (laughs) It's a fish. Oh. I know. Oh. I know. Who knew? Cooter pie is a fish? Cooter is a fish. (laughs) What? I mean, I just... Fish pie? <laughs> I say that with such a surety. Let me make sure that I'm right. <laughs> It may be now. I mean, it is now. It is now. Uh, so, among our wonderful listeners, who's made cooter pie? You don't... You can raise your hand now, comment on social, 
You have to tell us. You dare not show yourself is all I have to say. Just <laughs> keep it to yourself. We don't need to know. Oh, come oh on. Oh, my God. I'm so wrong. It's Snapping Turtle. Oh, hell. I've been to a turtle. <laughs> it's thing. not fish. It's not fish. Oh. I went to a turtle stew thing one time close to where Rick grew up. Out north of Yadkinville. <laughs> well, in my house, though, I can promise you that. Well, you know, turtle soup is really a delicacy, especially like in New Orleans. Yeah. You know, isn't that nice? Yeah. Pigs <laughs> eat truffles, too, <laughs> but I don't always well, eat the, them. What, the pigs or the truffles? Oh, he, there's never oh. been a pig Dan hasn't liked. <laughs> One way or another, baby. <laughs> well, that might be. Never mind. <laughs> so, you know what I think Talking is interesting about, about pork, tra- pork, <laughs> pork pigs, about trailer parks and trailer quote unquote trash last time i was home i was riding with my dad and we went by this giant sign outside of what used to have been a trailer park i mean it was still a trailer park but now the sign says mobile home estates Estates. Uh everything's an estate estate. (laughs) you don't call it trailer park anymore (laughs) these these are mini castles Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes you get inside it's just like a house exactly that's right don't slam the door Oh, it's so spacious in here. Devil wide. <laughs> With the cathedral ceiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this the double wide? <laughs> this is the double wide. I got the special two for one sale. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, And I didn't have to pay for the lot. Oh. <laughs> Unlike the astroturf you have out in your little in yard. In the above ground pool. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Well, in most cultures, they call that a kiddie pool, but yeah. Uh, or a bird bath. <laughs> <laughs> a mud puddle. <laughs> George, okay. get that Sorry, jello were, out with you. I, telling I'm trying to do this delicately. There's no uh, way to do it delicately. No. There's no way to do it like a lady. Just yeah, do it. You okay. just can't. Yeah, cross into it. Yeah. They, there you go. Oh, look at that. Uh-huh. You're so talented, dear. <laughs> you were going to say something. No. Oh, I thought you were going to no. say something. About his jello eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, have you guys ever thrown a trailer trash party? No. No, what? That's what? I tried thing, to escape it. it. My whole like a... life I've been trying to escape it. Why would I cu- have a party like that? <laughs> I said the same thing for the first one, but I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually did it in a bar that I worked in, and somebody went and got one of those Airstream trailer things and mm-hmm. pulled it up front and parked it out front. Uh, Wait, has... those are super expensive yeah, now. Not... That's like a Apparently nice thing. Apparently I knew somebody that knew that had it or something. I don't know, whatever it was. But uh, And yeah, the problem is it. it was a potluck party, so everybody brought a dish. But nobody actually was managing the food category. Oh. So, <laughs> it's like so everybody every was single on dish, their own, I yeah, see. Every single dish was Beanie Weenie or some kind of Beans and Franks situation. Mm-hmm. There was one, though, that was really cool. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was... The full weenie. No, it wasn't it, a weenie bite. It was some kind of ham or something that had been cured in like a maple syrup and then rolled into like a crumble of some sort and then laid out in a cat bin and it looked like cat turds. <laughs> <laughs> it was I awful, bet. but I was like, oh my God, I have to try one. He ate it all. <laughs> Roca. Right? Oh my stars. That's it was something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I wish I could remember the name of that dish. It's I, hysterical. Honestly, it might be in her first cookbook. Because they were, I've seen the first cookbook, and mm-hmm. there were some fun pictures and stuff like that. I mean, and the first cookbook seemed to have made a lot more fun of it in the pictures and stuff. So maybe this does as well, but it's just fun stuff. Well, you know, I've, I have to say, to her credit, it doesn't really feel like she's making fun of, but more of celebrating. Oh. 
the um, wow. the idea of like Her this culture. Well, this whole like kind of backwoods West Virginia way of yeah. cooking, which I love that it's put together like those old like church cooks. Oh yeah, cook spiral bound school. with the yeah, yeah I with love the classic like like, uh-huh. like a junior league exactly. cookbook. That's <laughs> <laughs> really cool. I love cookbooks. I'm the same way, you know. I I buy quite a few, and if somebody's got some, I want to look and see what they have. Oh, 100. percent Like you go to thrift thrift store and look through precisely. the book section. Oh yeah, precisely. completely. Well, that pride cookbook that you yeah. had gifted me a few weeks back, I've gotten some fun recipes out of that. I have a fried green tomato recipe out of that that I'm dying to try. I just can't find fr- uh, green tomatoes in Southern California. Well, it's not the season. We've passed the season now. All tomatoes should be red now. But it's Southern California. Yeah. Unless they're coming from Peru, they're not going but to be Southern green. California, we should be able to get what we want. We <laughs> I mean, whole paycheck should be able to have it for you. What's Man. wrong? Put it on Instagram. That card. sounds like a... California, uh, yeah, on demand. Right? I want it. I want it. One percent. No. <laughs> well, I will say this: most of those tomatoes you get in the grocery store are so underripe when they show up. You could probably still make them. They're like genetically a- engineered. Don't get me started on tomatoes. I love tomatoes. I despise most of the tomatoes we have in here. the stores. Yeah, because yeah. they're they're just all genetically engineered. Well, the apparently one- we didn't need to get you started. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I got She's the other day, fired up. I got I got some organic tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Two days later, two of them are already rotten because they've been bruised so hard. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's like you know, it's like I, maybe I don't want to eat it on day one. Because the farmer's market ones tend to hold up a little better. I mean, they're not great. I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, but the farmer's market tomatoes are better to me. Yeah. The only thing I prefer from the grocery store versus the farmer's market is Brussels sprouts. Mm. For some reason, I just prefer them from the grocery store. And I think it's because they're cold. They're frozen. It's easier, right? No, I don't buy the frozen ones. You get on the big old stock? <laughs> they're already cut in half and then uh-huh. they're making for you that's why that tastes exactly. so good they've already got the oil added and <laughs> they've actually already been cooked it's just yeah, Uber you Eats just put them, you put them in the Uber thing Eats, and take yeah. them home exactly yeah. <laughs> shit the deli just getting Russell Sprouts and bacon <laughs> right so Dan is all about the make a suggestion on social today so if you have a favorite cookbook Suggested on social because we do like to see what everybody else likes as far as cookbooks. And I would like to say, because I'm going to ask the three of you this, and I would like to ask our listeners this too. If you were going to have a white trash gathering, what would you bring? Oh. See. Dan, what would you bring? That's a hard thing. I mean, probably deviled eggs. I okay. just, you mm-hmm. know, they just probably be uglier. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's a, it is funny you, because a lot of things that we might see in some cookbooks that are celebrating Southern or white trash or whatever often are things that in the South might actually just sort of be normal. <laughs> I think that the one food I've seen here at probably more gatherings in Los Angeles is people, when it's a potluck, they bring like uh, a nachos casserole. I think the last party I went to, there were three or four nacho casseroles. I'm like, like oh dear lord, could you make something different? Yeah. Well, next time you should make one with Brits crackers. Right. Show them how to do it. <laughs> no, I told you Ritz is high class crackers. I can't do that. I love Ritz crackers. What about you, Jake? What would you bring? Well, in a crock pot, uh huh, I do meatballs. See meatballs, grape jelly, yes, oh, and pineapples. Oh, I love pineapples. That's it. Yay! <laughs> Sweet meatballs, <laughs> and those are so good. So they good. are so good, but they give me the willies. Just uh, think of a meatball just... and grape jelly. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. 
I think that um, I know that there's a recipe for sweet and sour meatballs, which is grape jelly and like cocktail sauce. You mix together oh. and you just oh. heat that up and put oh, your meatballs wow. in it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So Rick, what would you bring? And don't say that cat Beanie thing. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie beans. That's it. Uh, no, I don't know. I'd probably probably whip out my mom's uh, potato salad, <laughs> or uh, I don't know. I think like with like a songer. I think oh, with like potato salad and, and like deviled eggs, they can go many many ways. Yes. It depends yeah. on what you use them. Yeah. Like if you just use French's mustard, then you're totally doing white trash. Precisely. You know, <laughs> precisely. No one's bringing sketty. I well, <laughs> <laughs> I would bring pot liquor and cornbread. Well, there you have oh, it. I love, I love it. pot liquor. <laughs> See? <laughs> I, I would throw in a side of white bread sandwiches with pimento cheese bread. I was okay. thinking, yeah, a little... Or bologna. <laughs> a little white bread sandwich. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, don't forget the white trash sushi with the cream cheese oh, and the pickles. Yes. <laughs> Up with that shit. I'm making that tonight. Oh my goodness. So it, it, it's funny because I love tartar sauce and not just on with seafood. So it's like I often make tartar sauce for a spread. I'm like, I love tartar sauce. Well, you I just made and relished. Yeah. yeah, I love pickles. Well, have you ever had Duke's sandwich spread? They make a, it's just, oh, no, they I make a, which has got pickles in it or oh, it's got like pickle relish in right. it. Duke's again. We're Duke's again, I know. If you'd like to sponsor us, we love Duke's. We love you, Duke's. Dukes. They're the best. Send us a box of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could just, it could literally just be a box full of mayonnaise. We'll just scoop it out and share. A box with jars of mayonnaise. Preferably. Well. You know, just put it in a box, dude. Come on. Live large. Put it in a garbage bag. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I got a sack of mayo. <laughs> yeah, it's called a bib. It's a bag in a box. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we had a, you were sharing a the pie earlier. Of mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, <sighs> that makes me thirsty. Although it's not, it's not really. Yeah, I well, there, too much. well, I guess we'll have to make I, I a liquid. I guess there's no ice cubes to get dry this time. There is not. Sorry. Well, the itty bitty glasses are cute. They're super cute. From Crate Barrel, would you like to sponsor us? It's making me giggle quite a bit too. Oh, uh, that's so giggly juice. It turns out that it worked out then good. Well, I hope there's more in there we can because I'd like to chew up another drink. <laughs> Well, and the recipe you can find on social because it is actually really good. All right. Well, shall we mosey inside? Let's do this. Let's do what else it. we can whip up? Cool. Thanks, cool, y'all. Cool whip. See cool whip. whip. <laughs> <laughs> Go outside and do the cool whip. Oh, Lord. It's going to be a white trash <laughs> afternoon. I can see it now. Get your Daisy Dukes on. Let's do this. You already have yours. I do. <laughs> Turn the sprinkler on. Let's go. <laughs> Slip and slide. <laughs> Y'all just push me. I'm not going to run and slide. Just don't put it in like your gravel driveway. <laughs> Ouch, mama. <laughs> Y'all ain't funny. Right. It is 110 degrees out that day. We should turn that slip and slide on. Let's go. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. See y'all next time. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, we are certainly appreciative of the topic that was given to us this week by our good friend Jesse. So if you have any suggestions that you want to bring up, you want to hear, please let us know. We'd love to talk about it. We'd love to hear your ideas. We can and share our own opinions, all right? And you can also find us anywhere you find your podcast. You can get us at Queer Magnolias on Twitter and Queer Magnolias Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and head to our comment section. And if you want to hear some more of us, you can listen to us on Spotify iHeartRadio and Apple Podcast.